0: Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace.
1: I got everything out of this conference. When you see a
2: thousand people or more getting healed, being touched by the Holy Spirit, why wouldn't you want to
0: be here?
1: God heals all His children.
2: And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. TODAY I'M GOING TO SHARE WITH YOU TEACHING THAT WE HAD FROM OUR LAST YEAR HEALING IS HERE CONFERENCE. WE HAVE A USB THAT HAS AUDIO AND VIDEO ON IT AND THEN WE HAVE DVDs THAT OF COURSE IS THE uh, uh, VIDEO AND THEN WE ALSO HAVE compact DISK. AND I TELL YOU, THIS WAS A POWERFUL, POWERFUL CONFERENCE. WE SAW PEOPLE RAISED FROM THE DEAD. WE SAW A WOMAN WHO COULDN'T EVEN LIFT HER HAND, GET UP AND WALK OFF. WE HAD PEOPLE COME OUT OF WHEELCHAIRS. AND uh, TODAY I'M GOING TO BE PLAYING A PORTION OF THE TEACHING I DID AT THIS ON THE POWER OF IMAGINATION, HOW YOU HAVE TO BE ABLE TO SEE YOURSELF HEALED ON THE INSIDE BEFORE YOU SEE IT ON THE OUTSIDE. SO I WANT YOU TO WATCH THIS VIDEO THAT WAS TAKEN FROM LAST YEAR'S HEALING IS HERE CONFERENCE. REMEMBER THAT WE HAVE OUR HEALING IS HERE CONFERENCE COMING UP 2020 ON AUGUST THE 11TH THROUGH THE 14TH. YOU DON'T WANT TO MISS IT, BUT THIS WILL BE FROM LAST YEAR'S HEALING IS HERE CONFERENCE, ME TEACHING ON THE POWER OF IMAGINATION. WELL, THERE'S PROBABLY PEOPLE RIGHT HERE THAT YOU ARE DESPERATE FOR A HEALING, BUT YOU'RE AFRAID TO TRUST GOD IN FINANCES. YOU WOULDN'T DARE GIVE EVERYTHING THAT'S IN YOUR SAVINGS OR THAT'S IN YOUR CHECKING ACCOUNT BECAUSE YOU REALLY DO TRUST THAT. AND YET YOU'RE BELIEVING FOR A HEALING. DID YOU KNOW TRUSTING GOD FOR FINANCES IS NOT NEAR AS IMPORTANT AS HEALING? you can't buy healing. There's people that spend millions of dollars. There are billionaires that are dying because you can't buy healing. Healing is infinitely more important than finances. And if you can't do that, which is least, if you can't trust him in finances, then you can't trust him in something greater. So there's people here praying for a breakthrough and yet you've never trusted him in that area of finances. You need to do that. You need to conceive a miracle. God is a good God that wants us all to prosper. His will for every one of us is prosperity. Third John chapter one, verse two, "Beloved, I wish above all things, above all things. That's above all things. In the Greek, that means all things. He wishes above all things that you might prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. God wants to prosper you. God wants it more than you want it, but we block it through our doubt, through our fear. And so you have to get out of that place of fear and doubt and worry and start taking a step of faith. And again, it starts with finances. I could nearly preach on finances, but I've talked about all of those things. What I want to do, if what I was saying this morning was true, and if your imagination was so strong that the Lord had to come down and confuse the languages at the Tower of Babel to stop people from imagining and doing things. If imagination is that powerful, how come all of the references to imagination in the Bible are negative? I dealt with this for a couple of years praying, God. Why is this? And I used a number of scriptures this morning. Let me use one more over in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tonight and read this to you. This is a New Testament scripture about your imagination. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and in verse 3 it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Did you know our spiritual weapons, people will teach that, man, the devil is this huge force and Satan is fighting against us and you've got to intercede and bind and do a whole of this stuff. I believe Satan is real. I believe he exists. I believe he is going about seeking whom he may devour, but his only power that he has is deception. He is a defeated foe. He doesn't have the power to make you sick, to do anything, unless you believe it. He has to have your cooperation to do anything. Thank you for that thunderous silence. (laughs) Most people don't believe that because, well I didn't believe for this. I, I didn't ask for this cancer. I didn't cooperate. I wasn't out living in sin. I wasn't doing anything. Cancer just came at me. I didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, you did. If nothing else, you bought the lie that you're only human. And then after all, cancer and these kind of things happen. What can you do? I mean, it's incurable and oh God, help me. And the moment you come to God and say, God, I can't do anything. The doctor says, I'm dying. You cooperated with the devil. The Bible says that no plague will come nigh your dwelling. But it says there in Psalms chapter 91, it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust. You have to say it. The power of God is voice activated. God created the heavens and the earth by words. He spoke everything that's physical into existence. And even the germs and even the viruses and things that have been corrupted since the fall of man and now they're destructive, those things were created by words. They will respond to words. And you have to speak words. And when you say, oh God, I am nothing, I have nothing, and I can do nothing, but we know that you can do all things. God, would you stretch forth your hand and heal? you cooperated with the devil. You are believing that you're powerless. And people will say, well, it says in John chapter 15, verse five, Jesus was speaking, and he said, without me, you can do nothing. Well, that's absolutely true. I agree with that 100%. Without Jesus, I'm a zero with the rim knocked off. I am nothing, but. I'm never without Jesus. He's never going to leave me nor forsake me. And so even though I in myself am nothing, I in Christ am awesome. I'm greater than any sickness or any disease. And the moment you start praying and saying, oh God, we're just powerless. The doctor says it's incurable. There's nothing we can do. You cooperated with the devil. You may not realize it, but you have. You have believed a lie. You believe that sickness paralysis, disease is bigger than you. There's nothing I can do about it. That's a lie. (laughs) Amen. 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 I know that there's many, I don't have anything, I didn't have anything to do with this. I can guarantee you Satan can't do anything to you without your consent and cooperation. You have to believe a lie somewhere. If you were walking in the fullness of the power of God and if you were appropriating everything He had done for you, I guarantee you no plague would come nigh your dwelling. But see, you've got to see this. And so, anyway, I got off on that by saying people are rebuking the devil and fighting demons and stuff, and they do exist. I'm not saying they don't exist, but they have to have your cooperation. This is why that man that was demon-possessed, his demons were called legion. Those demons begged the Lord to let them enter into the swine because a pig has more authority than the devil. The devil doesn't have a physical body. Only people with physical bodies have authority in this earth. And so Satan has to gain some cooperation. He, You know, a, 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 a caterpillar, slime, has more authority than the devil it's got a body. It can do something. That's the reason Satan has to inhabit a demon. If it was just up to the devil, he goes about seeking whom he may devour, but he cannot devour everybody. If it was up to the devil, every one of us would be dying. Every one of us would be paralyzed. Every one of us would have a death sentence, but he can't have everybody because you have to cooperate. And it's not always because you're out there sinning or saying, devil, I love you. Come fight me. Come devour <laughs> me. That's not what you're doing. But you have believed a lie that you're only human, that there's nothing you can do. The doctor says it's incurable. So what can I do? You can believe God. You can begin to start renewing your mind and find out who you are and take your authority and speak to that devil and command it to leave. Some of you think, but mine isn't a devil. It's just something physical. Anyway, (laughs) our spiritual weapons, what are they used for? To cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's another thing that, see, most people have just given their thoughts over to the devil. They don't think you can keep your mind stayed upon God. But I've already quoted that verse once, Isaiah 26:3. The Lord will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him. That's talking about your imagination, who you are taking the Word of God and thinking on it until it paints a picture of you, of victory, of authority, of control over the devil that's coming against you. And when you think that way and keep your mind stayed upon him, not just, you know, the Bible says the just live by faith, they don't visit there they don't vacation at faith. This is where they live. You live by faith. You can bring every thought into captivity and under obedience to Christ. You don't have to have these negative thoughts. You can't necessarily keep a negative thought from coming. Kenneth Hagin used to say it this way. You can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep him from landing and making a nest in your hair. You can't necessarily keep negative thoughts from coming because we live in a fallen world and you're going to hear a bunch of negative stuff, but you can take every thought captive and in obedience to Christ. And there's many people, I would say the vast majority of Christians do not believe that's possible. It's not even a goal. And you willingly play, pay hundreds of dollars a month to have unbelief and doubt And adultery and murder and bad news piped into your home and you spend every available moment on the telephone watching and learning all this stuff. And we wonder why we don't want to keep our minds stayed upon God. It's not even a goal for most people. Most people don't even believe it. You know, if that's what you're doing, then you have unwillingly maybe, but you have cooperated with the devil and that's giving him place. One of the reasons I believe Adam and Eve lived to be 930 years old is because they didn't know how to be sick. They didn't have somebody telling them, it's flu season. (laughs) Have you got your flu shot yet? And so they had fear and started planning, oh man, I got to watch it or I'll catch the flu. They didn't know about the flu. They didn't know that when you were over 30 or 40 that you were over the hill and nobody gave them black balloons and started... (laughs) giving them depends and talking about you're going to need these and (laughs) preparation H and stuff like that. They didn't know about these things. (laughs) It took the devil 930 years to convince them about how to die. They didn't know how to die. (laughs) We've been taught how to die. We've been taught how to speak death. We've been taught how to expect it. Whether you realize it or not, that's cooperating with the devil. This is not the way God made you to be. God did not make you to be sick. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. We've heard that a hundred times already, and yet the average Christian has been prepared for sickness and defeat. So here's a negative use of your imaginations. If imagination is this powerful, how come IT'S NOT TALKED ABOUT IN A POSITIVE WAY. I ASKED THAT QUESTION FOR A LONG TIME. AND THEN ONE DAY I WAS JUST READING OVER HERE IN ROMANS CHAPTER 8. LET ME TURN OVER AND READ THIS TO YOU. AND REMEMBER THAT THE DEFINITION OF AN IMAGINATION, ACCORDING TO THE DICTIONARY, IT'S THE ABILITY TO SEE WHAT ISN'T REAL OR PRESENT. It's either something that's that's real, but you can't see it. It's removed from you. Or it's something that hasn't come into being yet, like these buildings. I saw these buildings before they were here. They were in my imagination. So that's the definition of imagination, according to the dictionary, is the ability to see something that's not real or present. And one day I was just reading in Romans chapter 8, and in verse 24, it says, We are saved by hope, But hope that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that, we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. And I was just meditating on that and thinking about it. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, hope is seeing something that you can't see, which is the definition of imagination. And I believe that the Bible calls a positive imagination hope. And so, man, that just opened up all kinds of things to me. Imagination is always spoken of in a negative way. The only uh, only use of imagination that wasn't just totally negative is 1 Chronicles 29, 18. And that's where David prayed to keep this forever in the thoughts of the imagination of their hearts. And that was talking about your memory. But other than that... It says that the thoughts of man's hearts were only the imagination of the thoughts of man's heart were only evil continually. That Luke 1:51, that he's going to take them in the imagination, destroy them in the imagination of their own hearts. So imagination is used primarily to describe a negative imagination, but a positive imagination is what the Bible calls hope. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance. OF THINGS HOPED FOR, THE EVIDENCE OF THINGS NOT SEEN. SUBSTANCE IS TALKING ABOUT SOMETHING THAT IS TANGIBLE, THAT'S REAL. THIS PULPIT HAS SUBSTANCE. AND SO FAITH GIVES SUBSTANCE, TANGIBILITY TO THINGS HOPED FOR. AND THAT'S TALKING ABOUT YOUR IMAGINATION. IF YOU DON'T HAVE IT IN YOUR IMAGINATION, FAITH DOESN'T HAVE ANYTHING TO GIVE SUBSTANCE TO. But most people give hope a bad rap. Like people say, Are you, you know, are you believing God for Him? Well, I hope so. And they say, Well, don't, don't hope so, believe. But you know, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, now about a faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Hope is mentioned right there in between faith and love. It's one of the big three, it's a powerful force. Hope isn't the end result but it is a necessary step along the way. Charles Caps, I heard him teach on this one time and he gave a story about a guy who lived in the backwoods someplace and he only came out every few years to get supplies. And he came out and he went to a church service and there was a lot of people in the church and they, it started getting hot and he started fanning himself. And about that time, one of the ushers came up and turned this thing on the wall AND WHEN HE TURNED IT, WITHIN JUST A MINUTE OR SO, THIS GUY STARTED FEELING COLD AIR BLOW ON HIM. AND HE, he, he FORGOT EVERYTHING ELSE. HE COULDN'T EVEN LISTEN TO THE MESSAGE BECAUSE HE WAS JUST SO IMPRESSED WITH THIS COLD AIR BLOWING. AND SO AS SOON AS THE SERVICE WAS OVER, HE WENT UP TO THAT USHER AND HE SAYS, WHAT WAS THAT THING ON THE WALL THAT YOU TOUCHED? AND HE SAYS, WELL, THAT'S A THERMOSTAT. AND HE SAYS, THAT'S THE MOST AMAZING THING I'VE EVER SEEN. YOU TURN THAT AND COLD AIR STARTED BLOWING. And he says, can anybody get a thermostat? And he said, well, sure. He says, where do I get a thermostat? And he says, you can get them at the hardware store. So before he went back to his cabin in the woods, he went and bought a thermostat. (laughs) And he put it on the wall. And when it started getting hot, he went over there and turned that thermostat thinking that it would blow cold air. And nothing happened. Because the thermostat doesn't blow the cold air. It controls the power unit the air conditioner that produces the cold air. But that without that thermostat, the uh, power unit is useless. Well, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is powerful, but hope is what activates faith. And I tell you, once you get a hope, I wish I had better words to say this. It's one of those things that it's easier caught than it is taught. But once you, once you get a hope, once you meditate on something, you pray and all of a sudden you see it. Again, I wished I could say this better. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help you understand this because there's many of you that have squelched your imagination for so long that it's hard for you to relate to what I'm saying. But once you pray about something, meditate on it, and all of a sudden God speaks a word to you and you see it you know God has spoken to you. I guarantee you, once that happens, faith will kick in like that. You will find some way to bring this thing. Faith will give substance to things hoped for and evidence, physical proof to things not seen. It didn't say things that don't exist. They do exist, but they exist in the spiritual realm. But it will give substance to things hoped for and evidence to things not seen. You know, Jamie and I went to look at a car one time. We just needed a car and we didn't have money for a car, but we knew we needed one. So we thought we're going to go to a dealership and just look at a car. It wasn't emotional. We, we had a dog of a car. It needed to be replaced. <laughs> and so we just thought we're going to start the process. And we went down there and we told the salesman we don't want to do anything except just get some information. How much is it going to cost? How much do I need to believe for And what's the, you know, uh, what, what are we looking at? What kind of cars in our price range? And so that's what we were going to do. But when we went there, these salesmen know the power of imagination. And this salesman said, oh, no, you don't just want information. Go sit in the car. I said, I don't want to sit in the car. I just want some information. He wouldn't give me anything until I went and sat in the car. And then he says, man, doesn't that smell good? Doesn't that feel good? And then can't you see yourself driving this car? And then he says, let's drive it around the block. And I said, no, I don't want to drive it around the block. And he says, no, I want you to drive it around the block. So I drove it around the block and compared to our car that had all kinds of noise and rattles and, and it was the shocks were bad and everything else. This one was smooth. And did you know I saw myself in that car? <laughs> And anyway, I had enough self-control to tell this guy no, and we went home. I didn't make any commitments, but I stayed up half of the night thinking, how can I do this? How can I make this happen? Once I saw myself in it, boy, all of a sudden, my creative juices started flowing. (laughs) And see, that's what happens. When, once you see something, once you can get it in your imagination, I guarantee you it's just a matter of time until you will see it and touch it. But the problem is most people are praying for something that they've never conceived, that they don't see. You don't see yourself well. You don't see yourself the victor. You see yourself the victim. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I pray with lots of people, thousands and thousands of people, and I would say that the majority of people come up and say something to the effect of, "Could you please pay?" and they get pitiful, hoping that that'll touch my emotions. "Would you please pray for me?" The doctor says, "I'm going to die, and I've got three children, and I've got this, and what?" and they start, and what they, this is how they see themselves. I'm nothing. I have no power. I even had one man come to me uh, just a month or two ago and he says, I know what you're saying and I know that by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. I know what the Bible says. I believe what you're saying, but I just don't have any power. And you know, the first thing I said to him is Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of your tongue. You got power right here, but you're using it to kill yourself by saying you don't have power. You're hung by your tongue. You need to start speaking the word. But see, most people come in some form of, I'm desperate. I don't have any power. Would you please do something? The moment you approach God like that or approach any of his messengers like that, you have just cooperated with the devil. You are seeing yourself as a loser. That's how you see yourself. And then you wonder why you lose. You wonder why you're still sick, why you still have these problems. You don't see yourself well. YOU DON'T TALK WELL. YOU DON'T THINK WELL. AMEN Amen OR OLD ME? PRAISE GOD. I KNOW THAT THAT BLESSED YOU AND I JUST WANT TO ENCOURAGE YOU THAT YOU CAN GET THE TEACHING THAT YOU HEARD TODAY IN THIS SERIES ON HEALING IS HERE BUT ALSO REMEMBER THAT WE HAVE OUR NEW CONFERENCE, THE 2020 CONFERENCE ON HEALING IS HERE COMING UP ON AUGUST THE 11TH THROUGH THE 14TH. Listen to our announcer as he gives you this information, and please call and receive these materials today.
0: On today's broadcast, Andrew shared a portion of the 2019 Healing Is Here conference. The Healing Is Here conference is available in its entirety on a CD or DVD album or on a USB flash drive, which includes both audio and video. These valuable resources were recorded live from the conference and a reach available for $49. When you contact us, go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this product. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today.
2: I'd like to invite you to come join us on August the 11th through the 14th for our 2020 Healing is Here conference. Last year was tremendous. We saw the dead raised. We saw people come out of wheelchairs. We saw thousands of people healed. And I tell you, during this coronavirus uh, problem that we've been having, we need healing. We need TO UNDERSTAND THESE TRUTHS, IT WOULD BLESS YOU. SO REMEMBER, IT'S AUGUST THE 11TH THROUGH THE 14TH IN WOODLAND PARK, COLORADO, OUR 2020 HEALING IS HERE CONFERENCE. YOU SAY IN THE NAME OF JESUS, I'M NOT GOING BY WHAT I SEE. I GO BY WHAT THE WORD OF GOD SAYS. THERE'S MORE THAN JUST THIS PHYSICAL REALM. THERE'S ALSO A SPIRITUAL REALM. I DON'T CARE WHAT THIS LOOKS LIKE, I KNOW WHAT GOD'S WORD SAYS. I WAS TOLD THAT MY
1: LIFE WOULD BE ONE OF PAIN, and isolation, and that freedom wasn't even to be hoped for. I was told I was always going to be in a wheelchair. I was given three months to live before total heart failure. Hi, I'm Julianne Hartman from Los Angeles, California, and I was told that I would never recover from fibromyalgia. I was in and out of emergency rooms and spent over $300,000 searching for a cure to no avail. I was just about to give up when I discovered Andrew Womack on television. And Andrew showed me for the first time that by the stripes of Jesus, I was already healed. In a matter of weeks, I received my healing after listening to all of the teachings made available online. And today, 10 years later, I'm still walking in my healing and I'm not alone. I was healed of fibromyalgia and environmental illness. I was healed of Lyme disease. I was healed of lupus and heart failure. Because people like you partnered with Andrew Wommack Ministries, we've all been given our lives back. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity, but there are still millions more out there seeking the truth that set us free. Will you help us bring this message to them? You can reach people like me who are trapped in their home. AND NOT AWARE OF THE FULLNESS OF WHAT THE GOSPEL SAYS, THAT WE CAN BE FREE FROM EVERYTHING THE ENEMY TRIED TO PUT ON US. I WOULD NOT BE HERE IF IT WASN'T FOR THIS MINISTRY, AND I JUST REALLY ENCOURAGE YOU TO BECOME A PARTNER TODAY. WHY WOULDN'T YOU WANT TO PARTNER WITH ANDREW WOMACK MINISTRIES? BECOME A PARTNER TODAY.
2: I AGREE WITH Raquel. WHY WOULDN'T YOU WANT TO BE A PART OF THIS MINISTRY THAT IS CHANGING PEOPLE'S LIVES? YOU'VE SEEN JUST A FEW TESTIMONIES, BUT GOD IS CHANGING PEOPLE. AND YOU KNOW, IF YOU HELP US REACH OUT AND TOUCH THESE LIVES, THEN YOU BECOME A PART OF EVERYTHING THAT'S HAPPENING. IN HEAVEN, PEOPLE ARE GOING TO COME BY YOUR MANSION AND THANK YOU FOR THE WAY THAT YOU'VE INVESTED. SO BECOME A PART OF ANDREW WOMACK MINISTRIES TODAY.
1: Man, before I came to Caris, I was so broken.
0: I dealt a lot with anxiety and depression. I didn't really realize I could have an actual relationship with God. When I came here, I started to see God like, you know, He just wants to have a relationship with me. It totally transformed the way I look at God.
2: God longs to have fellowship with you. This is where faith comes from. It's not just head knowledge, Bible school knowledge, it's
0: revelation knowledge that changes you just been set free from a lot of the bondage I was in. I haven't been depressed in so long. (laughs) Pretty awesome having that just weight lifted and putting on Jesus' yoke. You come here and you meet God personally, and then He gives you a whole new direction.
2: This is a time, this is a season of your life that God's wanting to
0: show you who you really are and what He's wanting to do in your life.
2: If you have a desire for Bible college, God's the one that put it there.
0: If you're considering coming to Karis, I just wanna say it's gonna be one of the best decisions you've made in your life.